where we're talking about love, we're talking about relationships, and uh, you know, uh, the world does it one way, but hopefully Christians do it another way, amen? And uh, the world's love is based on selfishness and uh, self-centeredness, and hopefully our love's not based on that. We've been looking at Romans 12 too, and, and it says this in the New Living Translation, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So I'm going to say this, that if you're going to walk in the love of God, you're going to have to really get a revelation of, you know, how much God loves you. And, um, you know, that is, is the key. we got to get a revelation and that God is a good God. Amen. And I, I, I like going over this, some of the points, because I forget. Anybody ever forget that God's a good God? Because anytime you go through a trial, anytime you're going through any kind of problem, anytime you're going through an issue, uh, the enemy will always try to make you think that God is not good. Amen. Some people say, you know, if God was so loving, why is there, where, why is there so much you know, bad in the world? Well, God's not running this world system. Amen. You know who's running it? The devil. You know, God's not running the news. He's not running the TVs, he's the, the TV networks. He's not, he's not behind all the movies that are coming out. Amen. Who's behind it? Man. Amen. So we have to do something. We have to, we have to walk in love. We have to submit to God. Amen. And I like this, uh, uh, this definition of the Lord in Psalms 145.89. It says, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, Slow to anger, great in mercy, the Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. I'm going to remind you today that God's tender mercies are over you today. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? His tender mercies are over your children that you're believing that's going to come into the kingdom of God. Amen. You need to start, every time the enemy starts bringing your, your children up, you say, thank you, God, your tender mercies are over their life. Amen. And so we have, to, we have to get a revelation of that. I love the golden text of the Bible, which is John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I love that. In other words, Jesus said, I came that you may have the abundant life. In other words, we, there shouldn't be any depressed Christians out here. Hallelujah. There, none of us should be down or depressed. None of us should be having a pity party. Why? Because our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We have the life of God on the inside of us. We have the greater one causing us to overcome. Yes, Jesus said, in this life you will have troubles. But he, he said, be a full of fear. No, he didn't say that. He said, be of good cheer. Somebody say, be a good cheer. I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to pump you up this morning. We need to get full of God, amen? And when you get full of God, you're going to get full of joy, and you're going to get full of peace, glory to God. But I love the second part. I love John 3, 18. I love this part because this is great because my message today is about being uh, a, a witness for God, uh, being an influence, a godly influence. 
And I really believe that all these messages is going to is culminating to the fact that God wants us representing him. He wants us building the kingdom of God. Do you believe that today? And that second part uh, in verse 18, it says, God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world. God's not looking to condemn us, but that the world might be saved. In other words, we're not out here to condemn people. We're out here to bring people closer to God. Amen on that. Amen. I, lo I love Jesus because, you know, Jesus wasn't, hang you know, it's funny. Jesus wasn't hanging out with all the religious people. I mean, with all the uh, religious people like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You know the, why the Sadducees were sad, right? Sadducee. They didn't believe in the resurrection. That's the reason why they were sad. But, uh, but Jesus hung out with... The, man, this is a tough crowd today. Jesus, Jesus hung out with the prostitutes, with, with, the, with the people that the society thought were throwaway people. And, and why did Jesus do that? Because he knew that they had potential and that, God, that Jesus loved them. And, and Jesus loved them through their problem to the promise. And we're going to have to love people no matter what, how they act. Love them through their problems to the promise. Can I get an amen? amen. Does anybody have any problems? Well, don't raise your hand today. I could raise both hands. And so we know that Jesus represented God. And, I, and one of my favorite scriptures is in, in John uh, or in Acts 10, 38, how Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with Power, glory to God. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. What does God want us to do? He wants us going out doing good. He wants us praying for the sick. He wants us being a blessing. I'm telling you, he blesses us so we can be a blessing. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And then I like that second part uh, that, that I preached on is that when we're walking in love, we're walking in uncommon commitments. In other words, my definition of uncommon commitment in our love walk is that if we're walking in love, love does not give up. We're, there's no quitter. Listen, you're not a quitter in Jesus' name. If Jesus are, is in the inside of you, you don't quit. I can't quit. Why? Because Jesus is in me. He never quit. He, he, he felt like it in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to talk about that today. But he did not quit. He pressed through. And if you're going to see some things in God, if you're going to see your children come back, you've got to keep standing for them. The Bible says when you stand, we've done all stand and keep standing. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians 13, 7. That's the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Read that if you're, if you're lacking, walking in the agape kind of love. Amen. But in 1 Corinthians 13, 7, the New Living Translation says, Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So listen, in another translation says, love never fails. So you can't go wrong by walking in the love of God. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says this way. So let not get tired of doing what is good and just and at the right time. We'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. 
Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those that are in the family of faith. Uh, the next thing we talked about, and I'm just kind of recapping this real quick, trying to get through it in a few, few minutes, is that if we're going to walk in love, and we're going to walk in the God kind of love, amen, if we're going to be dominated by love, we, we need to make sure that our words are dominated by love. We need to make sure that we're speaking the right things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, so many sins are through our tongues, amen? In other words, one person wrote a book, Hung by the Tongue. And everything that we have today and what we're dealing with in, in our life today, a lot of it has to do with our words that we spoke yesterday. Your words are containers. And they're either containing life or death. Your words are keys to, to you uh, either moving forward or it's a key to you going backwards in this life. And we got to get a revelation how powerful our words are. In James 1.26, it says, uh, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Ooh, that's pretty strong. In other words, what, what, what James, which was the half-brother of Jesus, was saying, he was saying, if you can't learn to control your tongue, amen, then, then your Christian faith can end up being worthless. You know, one person says that, that, that the Christian faith is called the great confession. Jesus is, is called the high priest of our confession, in other words, what we, what we speak out of our mouths, hopefully we're speaking God's promises out of our mouths. Anybody do that out here? Speak God's promises? Amen. You need to start speaking the promises of God. And when he does, our high priest enforces the promises of God's word. This is really powerful. I found this. You guys probably never heard this scripture before. But in Psalms 109, verse 17... It says this, it says, as he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. Can I say that again? As he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. You could take, what it's saying is that, that, that if negative things are coming out of our mouths, that's what it's going to come back to us. And if we're not blessing, then we're not going to... In other words, if we're not blessing, the day, we need to be blessers in here. You need to get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will grumble and complain. No, I will rejoice and be glad in it. You need to start confessing that this day is going to be good. You need to start confessing uh, blessings over your family, that God is moving. You need to start... Start blessing out of your mouth instead of cursing out of your mouth. And I love this because it's because it saying this, as he loved cursing, you could turn around. As he loved blessing, so let it come to him. I'm just turning it around, uh, inverting the truth. Uh, this, this, you could say it this way. As he loved blessing, so let it come on him. As he did not delight in cursing, so let it be far from him. So you could actually say it that way. So in other words, that if we got to be very careful that we're not speaking what is, we're not speaking the circumstances, we're, speak, we're calling those things that be not as though they were. 
In other words, you may be flat broke this morning, but call, don't call yourself poverty stricken. Call yourself a prosperity person. Amen. I love what it says in John, uh, third John two. It said, "Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers." Amen. And then last week we talked about, you know, that if we're going to walk in the love of God, if we're going to be a godly influence, we need a we need to understand the power of unity, the power of unity. And see, that's where the commanded blessing is. Is in unity. In Amos it says, How can two walk together unless they're in agreement? So so the opposite of unity is division. And so what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to divide us. He's trying to get us against one another. He's trying to get us speaking against one another. He's trying to get us focusing on the negative. No, we need to focus on the positive. So he's trying to, so the enemy's trying to trying to put some division in us. And how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? Listen, husbands and wives, find something you can agree on. Pray and stand in agreement and believe God. Amen? There's power in agreement. That's the reason why, you know, people that uh, are religious, they buy into some ideas that, that, that the Bible does not back up. And, and some, some people believe that healing's not for today. And, but the Bible says healing is for today. But God's not going to go against how you believe. In other words, we got to take God's side. I'm not going to take some theologian's side that never dealt with sickness, that never dealt with anything, that didn't need healing. I, no, I'm going to deal with somebody that's been healed from the Word of God. Do you believe that God is still healing today? I believe that. So we want to side on that. And we got to believe that God is working. I believe that God is prospering people Today, glory to God. God is setting people free today, glory to God. He's not the God of I was. He's the God of I am. And God's not, he, he's not just a God that did something yesterday for you. If God did something yesterday for you, he will do it again. If he set you free, if he done something in the past, he can do it. Today, do you believe that today? God is the now God that we serve. He's the God of the now. I love what faith is. Faith is always in the now. So, so in Ephesians 4.13, it says, uh, there's a prayer that says, until we all come into the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to a measure of statue of the fullness of Christ. So Paul was saying that one of the prayers that we need to pray is that the body of Christ comes into unity. Amen. We don't need to be fighting each other. We need to be standing with each other. You know, we don't need to be talking about our brothers and sisters in another denomination. They may have it more right in some areas than we do. Hello. We just need to pray for our brothers and sisters. We need to believe that they're going to go to the next level. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So the title of this message is Love the Power of Influence because God wants us to be an influence. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God, is, God wants us to influence people for the kingdom of God? The enemy delights and works against us uh, and he wants us to be a bad influence, but God wants us to be a good influence. you believe that today? And what shuts down our influence? What can shut down our godly influence? I really believe this, 
it, Jesus said this way, it's impossible that offenses uh, will, not, it will not come. In other words, it's impossible that offense, in other words, Jesus was saying that offenses will come to everybody. And what's going to shut down our, our godly communication? What's going to shut down us being a godly influence? Uh, what shuts us down is, is that when we get offended or when we get hurt and we, we allow those hurts to, to keep us from being that influence that God wants us to, to be. I, I think about Joseph and I think about how, you know, he, you probably know the story about Joseph. He, God gave him a dream and that dream was that, you know, that his brothers and sisters are going to bow down to him. And, of course, he told his dream. He may have been a little cocky over his dream, but his brothers hated him over that. They said, you're going to rule over us? you got to be very careful when God gives you a vision or when God reveals something great that he wants you to do. you got to be very careful who you tell. Because some people aren't going to like what God said you're going to have a business and make money. Who do you think you are? Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, the enemy will try to, will try to put out the, the vision that God has placed in our lives. So be very careful. And so Joseph said, you know, I, I'm going to be ruling and reigning over you guys. Basically, that's what he was saying in his vision, his dreams. And his brothers hated him and, and set him up to be thrown into a pit. And then they sold him into slavery. And, and so, but, but what, what I love about this is that I don't believe that Joseph allowed you know, uh, the offense to stay in him. I don't believe that, 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 that he didn't harbor the offense over that. And, and then, you know, he was at Potiphar's house and, you know, uh, the wife of, uh, of Potiphar was trying to make her move on him and he stayed pure, d doing the right things. And so what happens? She gets angry and she accuses him of rape. Amen. He gets thrown into prison. But you know what the Bible keeps saying? God was with him. And I'm going to say this to you, no matter what you're going through, no matter what people are doing to you, God is with you and he will vindicate you when you walk in love. Do you believe that today? God is the vindicator. God, Bible says, leave room for the wrath of God. Leave room for God to move in that situation when somebody does you wrong. The Bible says, pray for those who despitefully use you. Do good to those. Do good to those. Feed your enemies. Feed your enemies. Like I said, again, maybe we just need to feed them. And the end says, well, maybe they're not hungry. You know, I'm, who says they're hungry? You know, should we give them some food? I love Yen. But anyway. I said, that, you got a point there. <laughs> Maybe they're not hungry. But anyway, uh, what am I saying to you today? I'm saying that, that, that whatever the world will tell you to do, the world will tell you to cut people off, to, to take them to court. The Bible even says if you've got a problem with somebody that's in the faith, in the household of faith, and they, and they did something wrong, that we shouldn't even take them to court. That we should try to work it out. Hello. Amen. And, and then Paul says, you're better off just being ripped off and walking in love and letting the world know that we can't even get along. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How will they know that we're Christians? By our love. I love that song. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. 
And I don't know the rest of the song, but I think I got the tune. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Oh, man. That's how they know we're Christians, by our love. Amen? Glory to God. I think I had the anointing on that. <laughs> so what happens... What happens when somebody does us down and dirty? What happens when somebody does us wrong? Well, I like to say that there's a mechanism in each one of us called the protection mechanism. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here? It's called, I call it the protection mechanism. And that protection mechanism is a special mechanism that when somebody does you wrong, your walls go up. And so what we want to do is we want to protect ourselves from being hurt again. Oh, they're never going to do that to me again. That's never going to happen again. What we do is we, we build walls of protection not to allow people to get close to us. And so when that happens, our power of influence gets dis diminished. Is that right? Because we're now we're not reaching out to people anymore. Now we're not trusting, you know, you, you know, I know the Bible says, you know, don't trust man, trust God. But we still got to give a little bit of measure of trusting people if we're going to deal with people. We still going to have to give, we're still going to have to think good of people regardless of who they are. The Bible says, think no evil. So we have to think positive of people that people are going to, you know, all, everybody's going to mess up and everybody's going to do wrong. But generally, I think people, even people that don't know God, are trying to do the right things. Is that true? I, I, you know, they're trying, they're not trying to get in trouble. Amen. Uh, number two, we, we must, uh, we're, we're going to lose the benefit of influence. And what we tend to do is, in every relationship uh, that we, we must, from every relationship that I develop that, Oh, I don't even know what I said here. I must benefit. Okay. It was going good. I must benefit. In other words, when we're hurt, uh, what we want to do, number two, is we, we, we make a decree to ourselves, in every relationship, I must benefit. In other words, I'm not going to lose in any relationship. In other words, I got to have the upper hand in every relationship that I'm in. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? We get people sometimes, they come to our church and, they, and they've been hurt from another church and they're very standoffish when they come and then they're just waiting for the pastor to mess up. Yeah, are you listening to what I'm talking about? Or they're waiting for somebody to sit in their seat or they're waiting to be offended and they're saying, well, I'm just going to come in here and get what I can get out of it but I'm not going to give anything out. But that's not, that's not the type of life that we need to live. No, when we come into a relationship, it, we shouldn't come into a relationship to see what we're going to get out of it, but what can we put into it? Well, as one famous president said, it's not what you can do for this country. It's what, no, I'm sorry. It's not what your country can do for you. It's what you can do for your country. I got it right. All right. <laughs> Give me some grace this morning. It's not what, what your church can do for you, Pastor Dave. It's what you can do 
for your church. Hallelujah. What, what are we doing? Are we seeing what's in it for us? Or are we contributors? Or are we just consumers? You know, I, you know another uh, truth that comes in, uh, you know, when we are hurt, uh, we want to uh, control the relationship. Have you ever thought about that? When you get hurt, you, you, you try to work it out where you're going to control everything. You can't control other people. You can't control what people are going to do. You, can't, you, can, you can put rules down, but you can't make people follow rules. Hello, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? You can try to set up some ground rules, but, you know, but people are people. They, a lot of times people are going to do what they want to do. Unless God moves on their hearts. You know, I was, I was listening to this one minister, and um, they, they were in a in a pickle they were they were raising up money for an auditorium and and they were in a place where you know the the uh, they they put some money on a place and they were about ready to lose it and they had the whole church congregation praying and praying that God would do a miracle with the finances that God would do something uh, a miracle and they were praying and and this one lady this poor lady this is a, this is a, a Korean church in Korea uh, uh, said said to the pastor I I, I want to talk to the people and the pastor said, I got real problems. Just sit down. <laughs> and she came back up and said, no, I really want to talk to the people. And she, and she came up and she said, you know, God, you know, we can't just pray. We got to do something. And she had this bowl that was, you know, she was a poor person. And it was a kind of a beat up bowl and some chopsticks. And it was the only thing she really had that was of value to her. That's how she ate. And she said, I want to give God this. And it was just this beat up bowl with some chopsticks. And, and the pastor said, no, no, we can't take your bowl. And she said, oh, you're not going to take me. She said, you have to take it. And she started crying. And, and then he kind of, he just stepped back. He was kind of feeling bad that he didn't want to get up on the platform anyway because they were praying because they had real problems. And, uh, and so all of a sudden the anointing of God went into the room. And all of a sudden, everybody in the room started feeling the presence of God. And they all started crying in the presence of God. And that lady that gave that little bowl, then one person said, okay, and went up and said, I'm mortgaging my house. And people started giving everything that they had in the congregation. And they raised up that money all in one day. In other words, they were praying for God to do something, but they already had something that they had that they could do. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? What am I saying? I'm saying is God wants us to be an influence. God, you know, sometimes we're praying that God will do something. And sometimes we have the ability that we can do it. And it met that need. They were able to build that, that church up. And that was David Youngie Cho. He, he, he pastors the, the world's largest church. Amen. Over a million people. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? But with God, all things are possible. Amen. So we got to understand this, that we can't control everybody. We can't control them. Only God can influence people. And then, you know, our last key is that in every relationship, we, we just want to win. And you know what? There's some relationships that, that no matter what you do, you're going to be taken advantage of. There are some relationships that no matter what you do, but God will even the score. Do you believe that today? God will even the score no matter what. I, I, I heard this one minister said, you know, uh, he, would he would have a, uh, a soup kitchen. 
And, he, and this one guy that lived under the bridge would come in and eat soup and bread. And he would do that every day. And some of these people would come into the church and they were able to disciple these people. But this guy, all he did was come in and eat and leave. Come in and eat and leave. And the pastor said, I'm tired of him just coming and eating and leaving. And he was praying about that. And the Lord says, sometimes you got to be a bridge for people to walk over for them to get to me. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.